Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. We're headed down to North Carolina today for Song of the Soul, something I seem to have done a lot of recently, maybe because there are so many great musicians there. Ruth Wyand is a wonderful songwriter and performer with magic in her tunes and lyrics, though it was really her guitar work that first riveted my attention, complete with soul-captivating finger-picking and bottleneck slide flourishes. In addition to her own musical creations, she breathes new life and identity into the tunes of other musicians, making them all her own. Ruth Wyan joins us today from Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. Hey Ruth, it's great to have time with you here today for Song of the Soul. It's great to be here, Mark. Thank you. I'm really glad I ran into you. I actually was on Facebook. I saw a posting that it was your birthday a couple months ago, whatever, and I said, let's go listen to some of her music. And I I did. And I said, this is a woman I want to talk to. So I'm really happy to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for reaching out. And thank you for being consistent and getting back to me because I kind of forgot. (laughs) Well, I first contacted you, I think, back in December, right? When was your birthday? November. By the way, how did the birthday go? Did you have a good party? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, it was pretty good. I think we went away on a a bike trip. My husband and I started getting into uh, gravel bike riding. And um, we're doing these things called rails to trails, where they turn the old railroad tracks into bike trails. And we did that on that weekend. And you could do that in November because you're down south. You're in North Carolina. Where did you go? Did you even go further south, maybe? It would be a little bit west, a place called Alligator River. Uh, It was a gravel path, about 20-mile path, something like that. And what kind of bikes do you do? About 12 years ago for my wife's birthday, I bought her a Tandem. Not just any tandem, by the way. I bought her a red Ferrari tandem. Wow. She tells me it's the best gift I've ever given her. Because now when we bike, there's no differential in the speeds we travel. Before, my legs were meant to pump. And so this way we stay together. It's, it's wonderful. How do you and your husband do this? Well, they're called gravel bikes. They're a combination of uh, road bikes and trail bikes. He's usually way ahead of me. He's got the same thing. He's born to ride a bike. (laughs) You might want to try a tandem. Yeah. Well, we have you here to talk about your music. And again, folks, we're speaking with Ruth Wyand. Her website is ruthwyand.com, R-U-T-H-W. Y-A-N-D, RuthWyand.com. The link's on northernspiritradio.org. When did you get into music? I was about 10 years old or maybe even younger. At a Catholic school, one of the local music stores donated instruments to our school. Flutes, violins, saxophones, clarinets, guitars. And I I really wanted to play the guitar. But at that time, they gave all the boys the guitars. So eventually I got a guitar and it's still here on my wall somewhere. <laughs> and you got a flute, right? Yeah, flute and then a clarinet and then eventually got a guitar. 
At what age did you finally get to the guitar? Finally, it's rested away from those sexist males who wouldn't let you have it. <laughs> yeah, um, 11. Oh, so you went pretty quick. Yeah, it seemed like a year and a half before I got one. So. And what kind of music were you into at that point? When I started taking lessons, I was learning Beatles songs, like the Easy Beatles book, that kind of stuff. And Roy Clark. <laughs> of course. And, and then got into John Baez and Fleetwood Mac and Linda Ronstadt that kind of stuff. And then my one of my first concerts was Odetta. And the, after that was Segovia. <laughs> so I was transformed from the emotions of Odetta and the uh, technical prowess of uh, Segovia. And so it kind of blend it. And then, you know, then I ended up seeing a lot of jazz shows. My cousin who lived in Philadelphia used to take me to a lot of jazz shows, Coltrane, when I was just a kid. Then I got into jazz and she also took me to see Bonnie Raitt. So I had a good cross of genres. Then it wasn't like, you know, listening to a certain thing because it was cool. I just listened to everything. And I think that's my problem now. I play so many different genres. You know, I've had like labels and people asking me, you know, what genre are you? So who knows? (laughs) You seem to have a special gift or a heart for blues. Is that imagination on my part or does that somehow resonate in you? No, it's definitely there. And I did a lot of blues clubs and circuit and, you know, was in the blues competition or the blues challenge. But I don't consider myself a full blues artist, but definitely heavily influenced in blues and jazz. Part of what I was thinking about was when I was listening to those songs, I noticed a certain way that you could immerse yourself in blues. So I said it was felt like something from your heart. I don't know anything of your life, really, so I, I can't say. I really enjoy the history of the blues, the real history of the blues, you know, women in blues. And the reason I, I say I don't like to call myself a blues artist because of the fact that it just seems so hypocritical. <laughs> but I definitely love all aspects of blues history and try to embrace it as much as I can. And give credit where credit is due as far as blues artists and what they've come through. Well, let's give our listeners for Song of the Soul some example of the kind of music that Ruth Wyan does. What do you want to start with? Well, I think since we were talking about the history of the blues, maybe Been in the Storm So Long. Been in the Storm So Long is a traditional song. We don't know who wrote it exactly. When did you connect with it? I was reading a book about the history of blues women, and I came across these lyrics it was a history of, you know, slave songs and field songs and things like that. And the, the lyrics just, you know, struck me. And then I heard a gospel choir singing it completely different. And I just wanted to make it stand out a little bit more with what I could do with it, because I, I certainly couldn't emulate a gospel singer. So arranged it in a way with bottleneck slide to try to bring out the emotion of the song with the slide guitar. And when you're singing the words, give me a little time to pray, what are you saying when you're singing that? What I'm saying, what I'm feeling is just give me some time, just like it says, not necessarily sit down and say, you know, our father who art in heaven, but (laughs) give me some time to myself, keep all these outside influences away from me and give me a little time to... To center down. (laughs) Yeah, center down, reflect. And um, that's, a, that's a great question. I, I, you know, I never even thought of it in that way. You know, what am I thinking when I say, give me a little time to pray? Because, you know, not being a religious person, praying to me would be, you know, silence. See, I know you're a Quaker. You don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mainly what I think you are is Ruth Wyand, and she's our guest here today for Song of the Soul. And she's sharing her first song today, Been in the Storm So Long. Wyand is here today for Song of the Soul, and that's her song, Been in the Storm So Long. You heard her beautiful bottleneck guitar. You'll find that song on her CD, Through the Bottleneck, 
as you can find a whole lot of other songs of hers. Sometimes she's a tribe of one, and sometimes it's greetings from your faraway girl, but all in all, you'll find a lot of wonderful music by Ruth Wyand wherever you go. Been in the storm so long, and you're careful to say you're not a gospel singer. Why is that important for you to make that distinction? because I don't want to pretend that I'm something that I'm not, and I don't have the voice for it. And I love, love gospel singers, and I hate people that imitate them. (laughs) So I think I just want to make that distinction to let people know I'm not trying to emulate a gospel singer, even though I'm doing a gospel song. Well, you did say your first concert was Odetta, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Kind of set some high bar for you to pursue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Let's go to another song right away. What you got next? We'll go to something completely different. A song called No Turning Around, about my life in a beach town, in a tourist town. And something I wrote it when I was in New Zealand, but any beach town in the world can relate to this song. Was that North Island or South Island? Uh, Probably North, where the people are. North Island, yeah. It was a town called Raglan. I think it's about two and a half hours outside of Auckland. This particular tour was the first tour that I did by myself without a booking agent. And it was just hell because I'm not very good at routing, especially in New Zealand. So I uh, booked myself in one place one night. And then the next night I'd have to be like completely across the other side of the island and then back again. So I was zigzagging across the country and I was exhausted and heard about this place in a town called Raglan called Soulscape, which is um, like a yoga retreat, surfing retreat. And I was like, I'm going to go there because <laughs> they, they had old trains that you could stay in. They were it was like, they converted old cabooses and trains into uh, accommodations. So I went ahead and booked myself there for a couple of days and and did you get stuck? I mean, that's what you're thinking about. You can't, you know, you're going to be stuck there. No turning around. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I didn't get stuck. I wish I had gotten stuck there. <laughs> I wrote that being that I live, I'm originally from Atlantic City, New Jersey, which is a kind of a beach tourist town. And now I moved to the Outer Banks, which is a, a tourist town. So, you know, people kind of come here and never leave because we just fall in love with the beach. And so it's kind of, they have a, a bumper sticker here saying here, stuck here on purpose. And so that's what. <laughs> so the song is by Ruth Wyand. It is, there's no turning around. It's from a recording. It's time for me to go. There's no turning around. the cloud and my toes are in the sand I came to this beach town without money or a plan I served drinks at the tiki bar to surfers and parrot heads a steady loop on the jukebox a buffet and grateful dead you just need a six pack and a surf rack and you got it made There's no passing through Everyone tends to stay You find a way to make things work In this old beach town Once that salt is in your lungs There's no turning around There's bluegrass pickers picking a tune parking lot, a jeep with no doors or roof, blasting hip-hop, vagabonds and millionaires riding the same wave, an offshore breeze for that perfect curve. 
Our guest for Song of the Soul today, Ruth Wyand, wrote that song about her experience in Raglan, New Zealand. By the way, Ruth, my wife and I were there in New Zealand with this Quaker folk dance group I travel with. We both independently formed the opinion that, you know, if we didn't live in the U.S., New Zealand is a place we'd like to be. And I've traveled a lot of countries, a lot of good things about a lot of places, but that place felt special. It has a spiritual center to it and the people and everything, the land itself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I would love to move there. Uh, Chris, my husband and I just like talk about it. What do we like to just be able to live there? Because I've been there a lot, probably about 10 or 11 times. And, you know, I just actually almost feel at home when I go there now. It's just the familiarity of it now and how people have embraced me. And, you know, I have some good friends there. And I just, it's a great, great place. If you've been there 10 or 11 times, are you talking about touring there that many times? Do you tour everywhere? Yeah, everywhere I can. Yeah. You know, I'd like to tour more places. Yeah. New Zealand is one of my main places when I go out of the country. You know, I've been to to Europe and Germany and England and France. And I haven't been to Scotland yet. I'd love to get to Scotland and, you know, various parts of the U.S. But I got to New Zealand, I think 2004 was my first time going there and just been going back every chance I can get. So is there an official Ruth Wyand fan club there in New Zealand? (laughs) No, that's a good idea, though. (laughs) No, I don't have an official fan club. But you must have formed your certain fan sites where you get to perform. You can call them up and say, hey, I'm coming back this year. Oh, yeah. And I do a lot of listening rooms and house concerts where it's more intimate. So I really get to know and make good friends with the people since I've been going there all these years. How much time in pre-COVID would you normally spend on the road touring in a year? Probably five months, five, six months. And because of the fact that I live here in a tourist town, those those months I've taken up by playing, you know, regionally. So I would say five months. Well, let's talk about the spiritual religious overtones of living in a place called Kill Devil Hills. (laughs) What is that about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Wright brothers, when they flew their first aircraft, was at this big sand dune. They called it Kill Devil Hill. And the whole area used to be Kitty Hawk until they separated it into three towns. So Kill Devil Hill is where the Wright brothers flew their plane. Was uh, flying a plane seen as a victory over the devil or something? I've just killed Devil Hills. It's just, it's evocative name. Maybe you've never thought about it. You just live there. It's the name. No, you know, I haven't actually. I just know about the Wright brothers. <laughs> and now that you mentioned them, I'm going to have to look it up. Like, why did they name it Kill Devil Hill? <laughs> How long have you been there? 16 years. So it's home now. Yeah, it is. Until I moved to New Zealand, <laughs> if I can. <laughs> We need some more music from Ruth Wyand for today's Song of the Soul. And next we've got what? I was thinking of going a little different and doing maybe two in a row because they seem to match a little bit. The uh, Train to Kenitra is an instrumental that I wrote years ago and then kind of put it on the back burner. And then recently, because of COVID, I've been doing a lot of shedding and a lot of instrumentals. And I brought this one back, this song, and um, finally finished the arrangement of it. 
after about eight years. But my husband, he was actually born in Morocco, but he was an army brat. And both his parents were in the army and they traveled all through Morocco and different places. And he uh, used to tell me about this town that he remembers called Kenitra. I just thought it was so intriguing that I wrote this song called Train to Kenitra. And the song right after that is Caravan by Duke Ellington. I love a lot of jazz songs and I love Thelonious Monk's version of Caravan. And when I was trying to play this song with a jazz band, you know, I recognized just the intricacies of it and put a a guitar instrumental part to it. I tune it down to like the low E string. I tune that to C, low C. That's how you get that bass in there. And then um, the A string tuned to G. So I'm doing kind of two tunings because the top four strings are in standard tuning and then the, the low strings are in C and G. So my thumb is working the two strings as a bass line and then the other ones are doing the melody. And uh, it took me, you know, a long time to try to get it. And it turned into almost like a Django Reinhardt version of a Duke Ellington song. So it's kind of got Thelonious Monk kind of bass feel to uh, Django Reinhardt kind of gypsy jazz feel. So it's kind of a... (laughs) a schizo way of playing this song, but I locked into it and really enjoyed it. And, you know, the song Train to Kenitra, Kenitra, Morocco, we're talking about right away when I saw the title, my mind jumped to Marrakesh Express, which it's not at all like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I've been to Morocco twice, and I think you capture it beautifully in the oh, tune. Oh, thank you. Thanks. And I have to say that of all your music, when I heard you playing these two, That's when I thought I found, wow, that's what makes Ruth Wyand tick. That part with the music, I can just feel how much you loved the notes, the music, the dance of the tune. That's where I felt like I really got to know you. Oh, that's interesting. So here is Ruth Wyand, Train to Kenitra is the first song. We'll go from there straight into Caravan.
just heard Ruth Wyan's version of Caravan. It's a song written by Duke Ellington, but it's been through magical permutations become her version of it. And before that, you heard Train to Kenitra, which is from Morocco, where her husband was born. Two beautiful instrumental things. How much of your day is spent just playing music to your soul, just instrumental music to your soul? I figure that that's got to be part of how you do meditation. It depends on the day because I have a, I run a music school here and some days are more full with being there and teaching, but I try to get up and play at least an hour, sometimes three to four hours, depends on how early I get up and have enough time. But, but you're right, it is kind of a form of meditation for me. You know, I've just vowed not to get up and read Facebook or the news or anything like that and just pick up my guitar and play. That's become a routine for me. So let me answer your question, one to four hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like there's some wisdom in that decision. Folks, we are speaking with Ruth Wyand today. Her website is ruthwyand.com. Any questions about spelling, come via northernspiritradio.org, where you'll find connections to all of our guests for the past 16 and a half years of both Song of the Soul and Spirit in Action. We've got many, many hundreds of guests who are doing world healing and nurturing the world through their music, as Ruth does. Also on the site, there's a place for you to post comments. So when you come to our site and you listen to this program, remember to post a comment afterwards. And also there's a place where if you want to support us, you can donate to support Northern Spirit Radio. Even more so, please support your local community radio stations. There's about 42 stations nationwide that carry our programs. They do a valuable service to the community that no one else is doing because they're motivated right at the roots, right by the people, right in the town. So their music, their news is completely invaluable, and they deserve your support, both from your hands and from your wallet. So start off by supporting them, and then consider NordenSpiritRadio.org. And back to Ruth, I want to jump right into another of your songs right away. Where are we going next? I think I'll do it in groups of two again, because I was just reading this list and it looks like Blind Willie and uh, Knee Deep in Doubt kind of follow in the same kind of almost fast picking genre, if you will. First one is called Blind Willie. It's a weird story with this song because I, I wrote it after playing at a, a cafe in Florida. A gentleman came up and asked me if I would put lyrics to some of his songs, if I ever did that kind of stuff. And, and I've said, yeah, you know, I would definitely try that. So he emailed me these lyrics called Blind Willie McTell, which is a song by Bob Dylan. But I didn't know or never heard that song. And I thought they were his lyrics. So I put this music to Bob Dylan's song in kind of the style that Blind Willie McTell would play in and kind of a Piedmont style picking. You know, I found out later that the guy said it wasn't his song. He just kind of likes that kind of style of writing. But I ended up taking the music that I put to it, <laughs> the style of, of, of music, and changing the feel a little bit and making it more into like almost like a Merle Travis type song. So it started with Bob Dylan's lyrics to a song. And then I sped it up. And so that's kind of a weird combination of the way I wrote this song. So I just called it Blind Willie. It does not have any portion of Bob Dylan in it at this point. Not at all. No, it's just totally. <laughs> He's, Bob's out the door. Uh, <laughs> because originally when I wrote it to these lyrics, it was kind of slow, almost like a um, Blind Willie style. And, and this is bouncy, I would actually say. Bouncy. Yes. Yeah. And but it, it's funny how the, the the song evolved from a slow lyrical thing to, you know, just messing around with it as an instrumental. It's like, 
wow, this kind of goes this way rather than than that way. So that's how that song evolved. So no, if you hear it, it would be like, this doesn't, there's nothing to do with Blind William McTell now. <laughs> and from there, you want to go into which song? Knee Deep in Doubt. Wow. And, you know, to some degree, I would say Knee Deep in Doubt has the best lyrics I've heard you write. <laughs> Thank you. I really think that there's something special that you're expressing in here. In just a few words, you've captured a, a lot of the quandary of life, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics for this one came to me after, I think we were talking earlier about hitchhiking. And I know in my misspent youth, I hitchhiked and was going from Quag, Long Island. I was going to go to visit my sister in Washington, D.C. and ended up getting up with a, um, a couple other hitchhikers, these two other girls that were a little bit older than me. We caught a ride with a woman truck driver. That was heading from Washington to out west. And she, we ended up going to Santa Fe, New Mexico. So the opening line of that song just kind of came to me after thinking back, like, wow, how did I end up from going from Long Island, New York to Santa Fe, New Mexico? But the song isn't really about the story of me hitchhiking. It's just kind of like random stream of consciousness thing, as you can tell when you hear it. As I said, folks, I love the lyrics in this one, particularly the chorus, I guess you'd call it, knee-deep in doubt. But first, we'll start with Blind Willie, both by Ruth Wyant.
hiked out to Santa Fe Trying to find myself Instead, I found you A lonesome drifter on the side of the road Hell-bent on finding the truth A vagabond in a one-all-money suit We justify our contradictions in our own ways We like to speak with conviction and believe in what we say But if you came to me for answers, you were misinformed. Now I read Nietzsche and I read Freud, and I'll tell you just what I learned. Life ain't worth a damn if you don't live it on your own terms. We try to see through the smoke and mirrors as we figure out our lives. Some questions never get answered, but somehow we survive. Well, I'm one step away from. artist is Ruth Wyant. She's with us here today for Song of the Soul. Knee Deep in Doubt was that song. I, again, you know, one step away from knowing myself, but knee deep in doubt. I'm one step away from being a fool, two steps from finding out. Wow, that is so real life. <laughs> Thank you. And before that, you heard her song, Blind Willie. So knee deep in doubt, when you introduced that, Ruth, you said, you know, you're misspent youth. Did you misspend your youth? <laughs> I think we all have that feeling sometimes, like we could have used our time a little better. But I, in some ways I did. I didn't really get into a lot of trouble or anything like that. But I think that I could have spent my time a little differently by pursuing a responsible music career because, you know, I've never been signed with a label or, or anything like that. And I think if I had pursued it in a different way, I might have had a little bit more of that kind of success. It's not like I'm regretting it now because I don't think it would have been, I would have been the player or the writer that I am now if I had gone that way. But sometimes I think like, well, if I had gone down this path instead of, you know, taking a trip across the country, <laughs> I might have had a little bit more success commercially. That's funny. You say most of us feel like we've misspent something. I don't feel that way at all. And actually, one of the decisions I'm most happy with is 
when I finished college or right when I was finishing college, I had very lucrative skills, computer and physics and math and speech communications. I had all these skills, I'm smart enough person to do well in them, and I could have had a good corporate livelihood that way. And because I didn't want to do that, because I didn't want to, that for me would have been misspending my youth. What I did instead was applied and went to the Peace Corps and lived in West Africa for two years. So that for me was avoiding the misspent youth by having what you might call commercial success. I have a feeling I'm glad you didn't spend your youth in the profitable way. I think because at this point in my life, everybody that I seem to know is retired, about to retire. Everybody just talks about it and what they have built up for themselves. So sometimes I think, whoa, did I misspend my youth by not preparing <laughs> for this? So in, in that terms, but creatively, I think it would have been a dead end for me if I had gone in a different route. So, you know, the ends justify the means, so to speak. Well, I just want to say again, I'm thankful that you chose to fertilize the stuff that I think is deep in your life, both in your fingers with your guitar and in your lyrics your songs. I'm glad you chose the better part, which was not the glittering gem that other people were pursuing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's my take on it. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's have another song right away. Speaking of blues, we were talking about blues earlier and everybody kind of relates to Stevie Ray Vaughan as a blues artist. And he certainly is or was. But I recorded this song that he made popular by Doyle Brammel called Life by the Drop. And I think that'd be a good one to go into now that Stevie Ray, it's not Stevie Ray Vaughan's version, it's kind of my version, but he definitely was an influence on on my guitar playing, especially his acoustic guitar playing. Him and Hendrix's acoustic playing resonated with me rather than their electric playing. What about this song? What about the lyrics? What about this tune really calls to you? Why is this part of your song of the soul? I think because of the desperation in the lyrics, in the vocals, having a friend, a childhood friend, it sounds like a childhood friend that, you know, went on to bigger, better things and left him behind or me behind or whatever. And then coming back, everything comes back full circle. And and I know Life by the Drop was about addiction, but to me, it didn't resonate with that. It resonated about more with losing a friend because of commercial success. But what does it mean to you, This that, that line, you know, life by the drop? Is it something about the reticence of life to feed you, nurture you, grow you, or you give to the life? I don't know. What does it mean to you? Me, life by the drop means grab it while you can because it'll evaporate. And I know in the song, because I've read the content or people's interpretation of the song, that it was, you know, about alcoholism. But I interpret it more as, like I said, life is a drop of water, you know, and it could evaporate like that. Drink it up, absorb it now while it's still here. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) So Ruth Wyand is here today for Song of the Soul. And here's a, a song by Doyle Brammel. It's her version, though, Life by the Drop.
back with things Singing the blues You went your way I stayed behind We both knew it was just a matter of Wyand is drinking deep from the fountain of life, only sometimes life is just giving us drops at a time, and she captures that that song. It's, a, it's actually a song by Doyle Bramall. The song is Life by the Drop, her version. Is that the kind of song that you would likely to be performing in a concert or when you're touring in New Zealand or whatever? Yes, definitely. All of these are, actually. Is there a song that would be a song of your soul? that you would not do in concert, but somehow it feeds you deeply. Of course, you know, we're sharing this music for our listeners for Song of the Soul, but I'm wondering if there are songs that are really your song internally that's not for anyone else. Maybe it's not for me to hear. Well, I don't think I can answer that. I don't really know. I think for a while, been in the storm so long, I I didn't perform live, but, you know, I I do now. But no, I can't think of anything that I wouldn't... uh, you know, if I'm just sitting around noodling and just coming up with some idea, you know, I try to put them in a way where everybody can enjoy them. Well, let's end up with one more song for your Song of the Soul. I'm so glad you could join me today for Song of the Soul. What are we going to conclude with? Jimi Hendrix, The Wind Cries Mary. This is, like I said, an acoustic version of a Hendrix song. My rendition, my version of The Wind Cries Mary by Jimi Hendrix. I've always loved Hendrix. And speaking of lyrics, I mean, I think he was an amazing lyricist and and also amazing guitar player and the way he arranged his songs. And to hear them acoustically, you know, the lyrics and the guitar parts, you know, are really, you can understand what he was doing. I think some of his electric playing kind of took away from the lyrical content and setting the guitar on fire and the showmanship to me, almost took away some of the artistry. In some ways, the lyrics to this song are evocative for me of Bob Dylan. It's got the kind of weird images, uh, sometimes jumping from one thing to another. Was Dylan an influence for you along the way either? No, not really. 
I mean, I said I listened to his stuff growing up and, and played a few of his songs. As, as a matter of fact, when I was doing a show in Kuwait, I was doing a performance documentary called A Journey Down American Music Highway. It was the history. It was a performance documentary. I had a big screen behind me. With, it was kind of like a PowerPoint <laughs> concert because I would talk about the history of American music, starting with like Stephen Foster and talk about his life, going on through uh, Scott Joplin, Bessie Smith, all the way up through Bob Dylan. And I was performing this for the State Department in Kuwait as a cultural exchange program. And I was playing in a village outside of Kuwait called Jakra in this gigantic concert hut. And at the time I was playing a Bob Dylan song, all the power went out. So I just walked around the whole hut playing Blowing in the Wind. And everybody in the place knew the lyrics. All these even little kids, you know, little Bedouin, because it was a Bedouin community. And they all knew the song. Their parents knew it. They knew it. Every, you know, we, I was just walking around playing Blown in the Wind. <laughs> That's my Bob Dylan story. Um, <laughs> Which may or may not have anything to do with Wind Cries Mary, but. Except that there is a, a kind of a magic that weaves through the various musical sorts and varieties that make our country, make our souls what they are. A lot of times I find that there are many cases where I can't say what I feel near as well as I could sing a snatch from a song and that will somehow say what I'm really feeling, what I'm really thinking, what I'm really experiencing. And I, I can only imagine it's even more so for you. Yeah, but you put it so eloquently. <laughs> well, we're going to end Ruth Wyan's Song of the Soul with a song, Wind Cries Mary. It was written by Jimi Hendrix way back in the day. I can't help but imagine by the time you were getting into music, he was already dead. So you just listened to him posthumously. Oh, definitely. I, I don't think I've ever, never seen him live. <laughs> well, no, he died so long ago. But Wind Cries Mary is the song she's ending with. It's so wonderful to connect with you, Ruth. I hope that I've done justice to your life of music, to listening to you. I really am so grateful for the gift of music you brought to the world, to New Zealand, to Kuwait, and to Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina, <laughs> and to today for Song of Soul. Thank you so much. Thank you. So here it is, closing out for Ruth Wyand. Again, her website, ruthwyand.com, R-U-T-H. W-Y-A-N-D.com. Links on NorthernSpiritRadio.org. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Here is The Wind Cries Mary. After all the jacks are in their boxes And the clouds have all gone to bed Happiness staggering all down the street Footprints dressed in red And the wind whispers Mary A broom is dreamily sweeping Up the pieces of yesterday's life
traffic lights will turn blue tomorrow. Shine the emptiness down on my bed. Yeah, and this tiny island sags on downstream. 'Cause the life that it lived is dead. Music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on NorthernSpiritRadio.org. Guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.